Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got an heart. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. Tonight, we are so honored to be welcoming a very special guest, Harry Carpenter. Thank you so much for joining the Ghouls tonight. Harry is an, gosh, I don't even know all of the cool things you do. It's hard to pick which one to lead with, but I'm going to go author because writer to writer, I feel like that's to me the, the most badass of all things we do. Author, uh, founder and runner executive of Fright Reads Festival. And also this is a cool one, Charm City Ghostbuster. Did I miss that's anything? at least three of the 400 things that you've gone with. <laughs> Uh, podcaster, assistant to the regional manager, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, no, so so Harry, thank you so much for coming on today. We are so excited to kind of stand out here and chat with you a little bit. We are first and foremost huge and excited fans of the festival. So if it's okay, let's just jump in and start there. Um, tell us a little bit yeah. about the Fright Reads Festival. So it's crazy. I um, I had the idea as everybody did during the pandemic because you have nothing else better to do but think. So. I'm in there and I, uh, right before the pandemic happened, I tried to get into a book festival that was horror centric, similar to what I'm doing. And I submitted my, uh, my piece and I said, Hey, listen, this is what I write. I think at the time I had, I had, uh, my sci-fi, uh, horror book and I had my generic, you know, ghost stories deal. Hadn't had the serial killer one yet, but I said, Hey, this is what I have. Love to be part of this event. And they replied back, sorry, you're not a good fit for the event. And I kind of looked and I, I, you know, it was like huh. those memes where it's just like, just staring off into the abyss shock, like the, uh, what was it, <laughs> Mr. Krabs and the whole room is spinning deal. <laughs> and I'm like, how am I not a good event for a horror book festival? Am I not horror enough? Am I too horror? Right. What did I do wrong? So I, I said, uh, all right, fine, whatever. And I always jokingly tell people my origin story is literally I pulled a bender. And if you're familiar with Futurama, I flat out said, fine, I'll make my own book festival with hookers and blackjack. You know what? Forget about the book festival. Um, but that was literally the, the driving factor was just like, fine, you don't want me. I'll do myself. Well, I think that other event no longer exists. They stopped in 2019. They stopped, their event actually took place, I think in like January or February. And wow. they were, they, they pulled the plug before the end of the world. Wow. Um, I mean, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to go team you and they can, I'm, I don't feel bad. I'm throwing out there. <laughs> That's what they get for being picky <laughs> and crappy. To so, <laughs> so when I, when I looked at their authors, when they told me what I, why, you know, that I didn't fit, I started looking at the people that they had featured. All of them were erotica like oh you were too I, I, I banged PG the werewolf I, yeah. I slept with the dragon man I, and I was a like a werewolf and the sequel <laughs> yes I banged a werewolf I banged more werewolves. I banged a werewolf too electric boogaloo yes. <laughs> that's my new title that's coming out on yeah <laughs> you know what write that down copyright that right now right now mm -hmm. I'd read um, it so so I said, all right, well, what do I need to do? Like I, I, I came up with like, I call it, you know, my, my ethos of the business. It's books first. Beyond that, whatever else falls into the other cracks and openings, cool beans, whatever this turns into. But 
it will always be a hard focus on the authors. Mm -hmm. So I started putting together year one and I, you know, being an author, you get to know people in the area, you do signings together, you know, each other through bookstores. So I literally assembled a team of, of top men. Um, <laughs> you know, I got a, I, I consulted with my author circle and I said, guys, do you want to, what would you, would you, what do you think about this this idea if I came up with a festival? And I was working with somebody else and we were spitballing names and Fright Read Book Festival stuck out. And I said, that's stupid. I'll use it. <laughs> and it's just such, it's such a long-winded name. And like all the other like horror festivals, like they just have like this good, like punchy name, like Monster Mania. And it's like, I feel like I should be like, meeting gravedigger the monster truck at the same time like you know, <laughs> sunday 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 come to the monster mania That's and true. it has good zing to it but i was like and then you're like fright reads book festival how can more words to make this more obnoxious let's put more <laughs> syllables but the name people liked the name they were like that's adorable i like it it's catchy and then i threw a really crappy logo together to start with on like canva <laughs> I can do graphic design, but this was like my slap together, just like a placeholder to make a book face page. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's all right. And they're like, oh, that logo is so nice. It's the, and it's the logo that I think it's, I got that little fella right here. Here's the VIP bags. Oh, it's awesome. Um, it's got a little book and it says Fright Reads Book Festival and little spider webs. And it's just the corniest little logo that you've ever seen. <laughs> and people thought that was great. Yeah. And I said, guess that's my logo. Yeah. <laughs> and then from there, like, you know, you get the foundations there and you're like, you have your, you have your public facing image. Then I had to find a place. And eventually we put all the, the semantics together and got everything rolling. And all the logistics started to fall into place. We came up on, this was October 2nd last year. Um, we did it at a small community center. Uh, immediately hit by the fact that there's no Wi-Fi in the room that we were working in. Oops. The second <laughs> that we went down the stairs, it dies. Oh, no. And we were like, all the vendors are coming up to me going, hey, that Wi-Fi you emailed us with is no good. And I'm just like, sure it is. I, oh man, no, it's not. <laughs> this sucks. We ended up, uh, like, like I said, it's a great network of people. Um, I think about, we had 26 vendors last year. We were spread out as far as we could be i think there was 20 billion feet between each person <laughs> um you had all of this room for activities because of covid um so we're coming off of like yeah you guys can have events masks were kind of sort of maybe suggestible at that point um and we did the event and just everyone had a blast and the candle lady next to me cleaned up mostly because I kept giving her my money. <laughs> um, there was a, a woman there that was doing, um, so she takes old books and, you know, they're tattered and done. She'll take the pages out of them and turn them into flowers. Ooh, oh, that is so cool. Which, like I said, if you want to make a shopping list, you know, go down the website and look at everybody in there and go, I need money for that. Gonna need to have <laughs> money for that. Um, but there's just, I wanted it to be something where like, there's a, and I always compare myself to the other horror events, but it's not comparable, but 
if you had to put me in a category, it would go like Monster Mania and all these guys. Uh, what was it? Horror Find used to be the old one. That might have been what turned into Monster Mania. Um, but those guys have a different vibe. They're here for the celebrity. They're yeah. here to have Freddy Krueger mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And you're there to meet, you know, the big, the big dogs. You're mm-hmm. there to meet uh, Kane Hodder and right. and Robert Englund. And I, I we went up uh, last a couple months ago and saw the whole cast of Dexter, which was fantastic. nice. Yeah, um, yeah, that one was uh, was tempting. <laughs> yeah, oh, it wasn't just tempting. It was just like shut up and take my money <laughs> for my for my second future Rama reference. Um, <laughs> so something like that. I'm actually mad at Monster Mania for not having their event on a different day. Not because they're going to take clientele from me. It's because I have to be at my own stupid book festival and I can't come to your thing and come spend my money at your event. So the thing is, it's like we're two totally different beasts. Agreed. Their focus is on like the, the pop culture side of it with the, with the celebrities and the TV stars and movie stars. My big stars are a person that writes a cool book. Um, and they, um, my, um, I'll never get Stephen King, but Stephen King would be my Freddy Krueger, you know? Yeah. Right. He would be the big guy to, you know, the big guns to the book. But I want to still be that, that event that I'm not here to get autographs. I'm here to meet authors that I love. I'm here to meet new authors that I may love. Yeah. Um, I'm here to get some cool Halloween decorations that I didn't know I needed. Mm-hmm. I'm here to get some fine art from my house. Um, you know, such as uh, the Scooby-Doo gang dra- drawn right. up like uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters that I have behind me. I'm just relieved we have <laughs> um, the same I'm definition of fine art. Fine art. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's fine art. Um, yeah, I have I have a lot of uh, a lot of my stuff now is not not like you know store bought or Amazon bought or whatever. It's from the conventions because these guys get some really interesting stuff. And what's fun about doing uh, doing something like Fright Reads, they all gear stuff towards the event. So for our first year, people were making stuff exclusively. Like they were sitting there in September just crunching out drawings and designs and all of that stuff just to have for this event because yeah. they wanted something that was unique to now. You know, they yeah. wanted it. They didn't want the same stuff that's been floating around on the internet for the past five years. They made something new. Like I was mentioning uh, one of the artists, uh, Jay Targaryen, real, real name, believe it or not, <laughs> I, as much as I no relation, you know, I imagine. Of course, there's some, <laughs> of course, with some, with some legal uh, manipulation and, and some money thrown at the States, I'm sure. But you know, <laughs> um, Jay drew up hex girls, uh, Wednesday, Adams, Elvira, uh, you know, you're talking about like the big like horror icons and Jay does a lot of like female centric horror icons. So it's it's more like, you know, the Hex Girls and Elvira and and all those guys. But it's stuff you just don't see anywhere. It's and, cool. you know, I've I've never really encountered Elvira drawing made out to be on a pin that I could buy. Yeah. Um, you know, that's not a common thing that you really see. So the first year ended up being this just this fantastic uh, undertaking of like 26 to 28 of us just (laughs) we we tied in hot spots to each other um we made the internet thing work the bookstores that partnered with me they showed up and had a blast 
uh, we had uh, Richard Chismar. I don't know if you're familiar with him, mm-hmm. but he writes uh, he writes with Stephen King, the mm-hmm. Wendy's Button and Feathered Hat and Final Task, I believe, are the three um, that are out. But he writes with Stephen King. They go to baseball games together. That's, That's his bestest buddy in the whole darn wide world. Cool, right. Imagine being on that level. I would just like <laughs> to just go to a baseball game with Stephen King, you know? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, I, hey, I write I books. Can I go to baseball with you? <laughs> but, but we had all these different people that were just so enthusiastic for our first year. And I assume it went well, at least from the from vending standpoints. Like I can see the metrics of like who came and whatever. Yeah. But like, did you sell anything? Did you make friends? Did you make any money? You know, were your boxes checked, so to speak? I I released the vendor application for this year's. And I think out of the 20, 26 to 28 vendors that I actually had show up last year, um, at least 18 of them were on board by January. That's awesome. Wow. Like immediately. So we're, we're looking at a it's almost like a, a network, a family that we're going to have where you're going to go in there. Yeah, sure. You might see the same people, but we're always expanding. It's always getting bigger, which is the plan. So you're going to see bigger and newer people. And then you're going to be like, hey, I bought art from that guy. Hey, that lady's the one that does this. That's what I want. I want that familiarity. It's it's a it's a the pace is different. You go to a monster mania and you're just shuffling. There's a yeah. there's a current that is flowing through each of the hallways and you just kind of let them carry you. And you're just like, I'll have to come when I circle back around in this, uh, this river, I'm going to have to see that shirt when I come back through, Um, you know, you really got to work to see something. This is a little bit more spaced out. It's not a, it's not like a typical like state uh, sponsored convention or something like that, where they just cram as many vendors Mm -hmm. as they can. Um, because they have to pay off a convention center. <laughs> I don't care. This is a passion project. It's just fun for me. It's awesome. And the goal is for my vendors to have a blast, but for everyone to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, mission I think accomplished year one. <laughs> That's awesome. And we're so excited for year two. I think it shows how your dedication to the authors and to your vendors and to that kind of community feeling like just based on like, you know, even going to your website, one of the things I loved was that you, you literally highlight every single one of your vendors, every single one of your authors. Like that's the kind of thing that I think, yeah. Like, and I think when you get to the big machines, like, you know, Monster Mania and some of these other huge conventions, which I mean, don't get me wrong. They're definitely our bread and butter. So we're not going to speak, you know, ill of anybody, but there's no, and I'm sitting here as a, as a competing event. I'm saying the same thing. I'm like, no, that's okay. there. We're instead. team. We're They're team. Much better. <laughs> we're team you for this one. We're not scared. Um, and yeah, Jersey Ghouls is going to stake our stake our flag in your camp for this one. But we are. We're. And you're right. It's it's like comparing apples and oranges, right? But at the end of the day, yeah. I think there's something really to be said about an event that number one promotes you know, writing and literature and, and like the small guy, because that's the person who's struggling, yeah. right, to get out there. And also something something that really kind of is based on a community feeling i think that the smaller cons like we are we are really close with like creature feature and pop rock and horror and i think it's because they share your your philosophy that it's about the vibe it's about the community it's about taking care of the artists and you know highlighting them and i i'm with you i'd rather give my money to any small mom and pop person with some unique thing that i can get nowhere else like so i think that's what really separates these kinds of events and why we're so excited to participate with you guys one of the things that i get a lot of the feedback that i get I'll get a message every once in a while. So the event tickets themselves are through Eventbrite. So I'll get an Eventbrite notification and it's from some, 
you know, Joe Schmo on the road that happened to come across the event. Is this a real event? Yes, I, I'm fairly confident that this isn't a weird <laughs> dream. Like, mm, I think so. Um, pretty sure. Like, I had to th think about it for a minute, but yes. Uh, last I checked, but I'll tell them, yes, it's a real event. And they say, but your tickets are $5. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I want you to spend your, like, I need enough, you know, I need a couple of bucks to help with the overhead and stuff like that. Absolutely. But the idea is $5 goes to the front door. Whatever else you bring in goes to the guys behind the door. I want you to spend money on books and candles and flowers made of books. And I'm just trying to think of what the <laughs> heck else is in there. That's, you know, somebody's armor. Uh, I got all this unique stuff that if I, at the door, I'm like, yeah, it's 50 to get in. Well, that's 50 bucks right there. And that's, that's mm -hmm. easily what four or five books from an indie author. Right. Easily. Um, what, what are you going to be spending it on when you get inside? Right. So that was, that was, part of it was I want them to be able to spend money. So an author that may not be able to set up at Monster Mania, for example, because it's expensive yeah, it is. and they get lost in the shuffle. I, I'm, I'm at Monster Mania to see the celebrities and to buy, you know, stuff that really sticks out to me. It has to be really unique at an event mm -hmm. like that. So a lot of people get bypassed. Yeah, I'm not I knocking agree. that because I'm setting up. I'm setting up at Monster Mania in November. I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> um, it'll be my first Monster Mania that I vend at. But as an author, my worry, yes, and my worry is that I do the same thing, but I don't know if I do it because I'm an author too. But I will pass right past author tables. I I don't have the I time. Have I have to go see Dexter, and you know, I just don't have the time to sit here and hear your spiel and talk about your books. And I'm probably not going to buy it anyway. I know that sounds terrible coming from a fellow <laughs> author and a person that runs a book festival. But like, realistically, when you're there, it becomes the autograph grab. And you have you have a photo shoot at noon. Then you have a meet and greet with this guy at, at 1.15. Then you have this thing at 1.25. And then before you know it, your whole day is consumed with stuff. The difference is I'm trying to keep an event where you walk in the door the only thing you're there to do, you can watch the stuff that I'm going to have on the stage. That'll be fantastic. But it's not going to prevent you from walking this, walking the, the show floor and talking to, you know, Timothy Baldwin or Brad Cox or any of these authors that I have, you know, hanging out to sell you their, their awesome books. Um, these guys are going to be within earshot and eyeshot of the stage. So you can go wow, that magician's doing something cool. Um, and you'll be able to see what he's doing. You can hear everything. So you're not going to be in another room, in another conference room or anything. So I feel like I feel like having that right there, just that it's all in one room. We're all doing this together. That helps. But I'm again, like I said, I'm looking out for the little guy. The biggest thing I try to do, I said, well, I'm trying to keep my, my table prices as low as possible. That's the other thing that I've had a couple of vendors go, is this for real? Is this a scam? Oh. And I'm like, yes, it's a scam. Have a great yeah. day. Thanks for your, <laughs> thanks for your money. <laughs> Another one. Be like, um, but <laughs> jokes on you. We really do have an event. You didn't show up. Um, but I, I've had to answer that question so many times. And I'm like, yeah, it, like, so a booth at my event is $35. It's not a it, it's it's not a big event, but it's not a small one either. So 
I mean, as a vendor, I've bought tables for upwards of $250, $300, yeah. which is absolutely, I will go on record and say that's absolutely absurd. <laughs> it's a lot of money. It's absolutely absurd, especially when you don't sell anything and you're just there to promote yourself. Yeah. It's absurd. <laughs> so, so when you're there to just, when you're there to just promote, that's a whole different beast. Yeah. But when you're there to sell, you have, so as an author, uh, you have to pay for your books. If you're an independent author, mm-hmm. you got to get them from your publisher. You got to get them from your distributor or whatever means that you get them printed. Yeah. Or, you know, sit, sit there at Kinko's and bind them yourself. <laughs> I don't know what, <laughs> what, what um, whatever people are doing these days, but you <laughs> have to pay for it to get, to get the materials. So you're already out some money. I you, know. It's... You paid for a table. God help you if you had to get marketing and merchandising stuff like signs and banners. And right. Stuff which like everybody that. does. Right. Um, if it's local, great. Most of the time, the good ones aren't. So you have to drive two, three, <laughs> four hours somewhere. Um, maybe there's a hotel involved. Um, another expenditure of yours. Then you're sitting there selling a, we'll just say a, a book for $9.99. So you have a $10 book. You sell five of those $10 books. Great. You just made $50. You might've paid for gas at best. Yeah. yeah. If you're lucky. So, yeah. So my looking at it is my tables are 35. That's, you know, three or four books. I can, on a, on a bad day, I can look at maybe selling two to three books. Agreed. The idea is to break even at minimum and you're getting the exposure. Um, I have noticed that anytime I do an event, um, my Amazon blows up. Yeah. Then That's they awesome. go in there and get the candles. They get all of that stuff and they go over there. Cause they don't, they want the pay, they want, they don't want the paperbacks. They want the, the digital copy, mm. which is fine. I don't care. It all yeah. goes to me at the end of the day, but it's right. just, if you're not used to that and you don't kind of anticipate that it's disheartening to see people go, yeah, sure. I'll take your card. And then they just walk off into the sunset and you're yeah. like, well, thank you for talking to me about every single title. But <laughs> once you've done this enough, you're like, you just sold them on like half of your arsenal of books. Yeah. They're going to go home and get the, the ebook copy that they can read on their Kindle on their lunch break or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the part that you need to think about. So I was like, well, 35 bucks is more than fair. Some of these people are going to clean up. Yeah. Some of these people are going to bring in, you know, triple digits in income and then go $35. Yeah. Um, but it's designed for the little guy. I had two companies, two big, like, merchandising companies what they do is they press t-shirts they were out mm-hmm. of uh, one was out of new york and i think the other one was uh, out your neck of the woods in joisey okay and uh so they were like yes hi i would like to buy 17 booths when i finished laughing i was <laughs> like you are you're not getting a single booth bud because mm-hmm. the you know that that bold power move uh of i would like to buy your entire event i have we'll just say we'll round it down to a hundred tables you're really wanting to be 20 percent of my event right like what is what is this right no and i know my tables are cheap but you're sitting here looking at me trying to buy you know 20 tables at 35 bucks and you're cleaning up here yeah you're spending barely what four or five hundred dollars i went to baltimore city school so i don't i can't (laughs) math very well but um (laughs) but you know, it's like four or five hundred dollars. Yeah, that's the 
running price of like for for me like there's baltimore comic con is the big yeah. one or otacon or something that's, yeah. that's around this neck of the woods yeah that's the running price for a booth there yeah for one for one booth, and right. this is what you want to do is you want to just take this event for a ride nah yeah so that's a I, shame so I, I do keep the prices to a respectable level for everybody. They'll increase as I grow and build, but it's always going to be at the lowest possible option that I can do. Awesome. Um, but the other part of that is I am personally overseeing everybody that applies as a vendor. I go to every single person's Instagram, their Twitter, their Etsy page or whatever weird thing that I have to go down into. I've been to some mm -hmm. deviant arts, um, <laughs> you know, wherever they, wherever these things take me. I look at it and I go, oh, no, no, I'm sorry, sweet summer child. This is not for you. <laughs> um, and I will kind of make or break people at that point. Oh, okay. But I always look to So see give me an example. Well, give me an example of someone like the big guys. I get it. But like, what's another example of a place that you were like, oh, this is not my brand. Uh, oh. Did you have to go to the well, dark web? <laughs> no, Where is that? I, they sent me the. They included the photos as an email attachment, and you, which they was were, nice. Yeah, which was nice of them. Sure, I appreciated it because I was able to immediately delete an entire bulk of this information. Wow! So they contacted me, and they told me um, <laughs> if they do happen to listen to it, he'd be like he's talking about us. Yeah, um, I did. I'll have them on. I don't care because <laughs> it's, it's so specific. Oh, I'm they so were, excited. They were a couple that was disabled. So they were disabled. Okay. Um, so now you're gonna make me feel bad. Using their disability, they they build things themselves and they would like to sell their their wares at the event. And I said, you know, first thing, I'm disabled myself. I, okay. I was in the army, I have military disability. So you 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 check the box for me, and I was like, right. oh, listen, yeah, I, I do want to give you an opportunity. What what do you guys have? They hit me with the highest level 50 shades of what the heck did I just watch bondage level gear. Wow. And I said, so I just wanted to let you know that this is an all ages event. I do have some pretty messed up stuff on, on the scale of like, you know, what I would consider messed up for a family event, but you're coming at me with a bunch of spiky dildos, whips and chains, mm. handcuffs, some specifically some that, for uh, disabled people no 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 oh. this is just no i don't know that there's a uh disabled okay. friendly uh sex device. i think mean, i'm just <laughs> there wondering probably is. Right. there's an ada there's, friendly one out there i'm sure right. i agreed agreed i was just trying to wrap my brain it's around got it. rails and everything yeah. <laughs> but yeah for for a family event that might be a little pushing much. it a little, yeah, little like it's yeah it's yeah. too much because i had an author on year one um great person I respected everything that they were doing because I was like, this is going to be some cool stuff. So it was an author. Um, they, I think they were going by their costume name. I don't, okay. it was hard because there were three names. There was the name of the author mm -hmm. person, human being that I was talking to. Sure. Then there was another personality. And then there was the character that they showed up as. So I'm just like, bro, I don't even know who you are at this point. Wow. Hey, yeah, see, hey I you. Mean, hey, you. listen, we're all in this world, right? Like, I just, just like, uh, we're all horror adjacent, but 
there's some there's some fucking wacky shit going on right i mean there's no there's no denying it and i think that's an interesting thing to kind of deal like how do you filter when is it too much when is it kind of like well do i want to like you know do i want small children running around spiky dildos you know like like asking their parents if they could buy one absolutely you know i'd say sure spiky dildos (laughs) sure little timmy (laughs) bring the kids Um, 10 percent off But it's you're right. It's 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 tricky. And again, like I mean, listen. There's no there's no secret that in horror and there are various levels of extreme and of you know sexuality and all that stuff. And I mean, I'm gonna just throw my I'm gonna throw it out there. I'm a giant wuss. Like I I think I read what did I read uh, just recently that I was like, wow, this was so insane. What about the meat, the human meat one? That's everybody's reading lately. That tender is um, the flesh. tender is the flesh. And I loved it. I thought okay. it was actually really beautifully written. But again, to me, I'm like, that's extreme. This is very graphic. This is clutch my pearls. But I know like for most people, yeah. that's like a blink. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's the that's the really cool thing about this event too. Yes, it's a horror event. Horror is a sure. huge blanket statement yeah. because that's like saying calendar. And what does that mean? Well, that means every day of the week, right. every month, every season. Yeah, it includes a lot of different stuff and it all, but it's all under one roof of, of some umbrella. Right. Like, I have horror, I have like horror, horror, but then that splits off into murder, horror, ghost, horror, demonic, horror, right. cult horror, <laughs> spiky dildo, horror. Other, and, and spiky <laughs> dildo, horror. And then you have mystery, which some people like this is it's Fright Reads Book Festival, which doesn't say we're a horror book convention. We're just we're just ca- encapsulating everything that feels good for this time frame. What are the things people like to watch more during like October? You know, what's mm-hmm. what's their jam? I absolutely love Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Mm-hmm. They can do no wrong. Oh, and man. my favorite episode is The Shitting. The Shitting. I was going to say, yes. you didn't see that episode. That's, <laughs> that's no TV and no beers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's one of my favorite episodes. And I have yet to see one of my artists do some shitting artwork. Like oh. I just need, I just need oh, something. See. Or yeah. or pop vinyl. They came out with the Treehouse of Horror pops. They did, and I did get Devil Flanders. Devil Flanders, oh, nice. I liked Bart as the Raven. That, that was my <laughs> Bart as the Raven. Quote mm-hmm. quote the Raven. Eat my shorts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love I love that. I love everything but, about it. But that's that's a a whole level of horror that is so different from like let's say Clive Barker's Book of Blood, which is a whole. That's that exceeds several other levels. Like Agreed. that just keeps going. Yeah. So love it though. <laughs> so what does the event have? It has something for everybody. Like I I even include for like the Halloween vibes. Some people are into science fiction. Science mm-hmm. fiction is a offshoot of horror Absolutely. in its own way. Look at Alien, look at Predator, mm-hmm. Starship Troopers. That's they're true. all horror, but they're also like their overall umbrella is science fiction. It's a science fiction hit. Um, Little Shop of Horrors. It's in the name, but like yeah. that's a science fiction horror. Mm-hmm. Like, so then you get into, you know, like I mentioned like murdery horror. Well, that shoehorns into just mystery thrillers. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily like reading Dexter or American Psycho, but more from the perspective of like Kiss the Girls or something, some Alex mm-hmm. Cross stuff. Yeah. You know, you're going down that route. Then there's dystopian. Some people think Hunger Games is a horror. 
because it kind of is you're making kids kill each other so you can have yeah. a sandwich yeah um, that's not really how it breaks down but you know <laughs> so your so your division can be taken care of you have you know the chosen ones go out there and murder each other that's a horror to me if yeah. i look at it that way absolutely so so this whole event encapsulates like dystopias it has mysteries there's thrillers if you look at the author section on the website there's just people are all over the place and then there's people that do like cutesy like goosebumpy level where it's still horror but it's like it's for the kids yeah yeah so it's all over the place and i i love that not one of us writes the exact same thing yeah it's pretty awesome it's my i just had this conversation recently with a friend of mine that one of the reasons why horror is my favorite is because of the eight million subgenres. And oh I love God, yes. so many of them. And I'm like, I truly cannot think of another genre of movie that has the amount of subgenres. Like, yes, plenty, you know, comedy can have them and dramas can have them and you get to historicals and whatever. But I'm like, I feel like horror movies or the horror genre has yeah. so many subgenres that it's like there's something for everyone here like you were saying yeah if you're people that really aren't into it something more for the kids we've got the goosebumps the fear street you know netflix came out with that series and introduced a whole new generation of people to fear street true and then we go everything to my personal bread and butter is like the supernatural haunted house possession stuff we mm -hmm. have friends that are into like the extreme body horror um i just i think it's fantastic and it's nice to and, hear and that it's weird because everyone likes everything so yeah. like the extreme body horror if you're talking about like hostile i can't do murder porn is what i call it it's <laughs> like the first saw was great saw yeah. two through everything else that we've come up with uh, i'm out <laughs> the first one the suspense the th i love the suspense the and the thrill great, and yeah. the mystery and then you do the next couple and they're kind of like hostile. It's just like, how can we put somebody in a cool contraption and make their body explode before they, uh, before time runs out? <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, eh, it doesn't, it doesn't scare me. It doesn't bother me. I'm just like, eh. Um, but I'm a huge fan of the, like anything Asian horror, like the, uh, like mm. the ring and the grudge type of stuff. Yeah. They do a great job because they base so much of what they write on, like, not history, but like just stories that they've heard yeah, like handed the down. Generation. Yeah. It's Who so is it? Based... Um, Miyaki? Uh, Miyaki? Is that his last name? That sounds right. Yeah. He did like one missed call and things like that. Yes. And that's mm -hmm. stuff like that, like the eye. Um, mm -hmm. Uzumaki is a very interesting one. You want to watch something that's campy and hokey and stupid and has you still go, oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's the kind of movie I like. I like having one that has me kind of laughing and then gives me like this hard left turn into, oh, my God, what am I watching? I need a minute. Um, <laughs> but that's not for everybody. I got a buddy yeah. of mine who's scared to death of E.T. E.T. <laughs> e. isn't scary. But it's funny, just a lot because, of people are afraid of E.T. <laughs> but just because E.T. isn't scary to me or you, <laughs> um it doesn't mean that et isn't scary i'm not scared of clowns i know people that are deathly afraid of clowns i have an army buddy who is deathly afraid of clowns <laughs> and will not have it if we play a video game and a clown pops out it will just say he logged off oh like, i'm out i'm out nope I'm the done. game was great it's uninstalled i'm done i just hit the power button absolutely not <laughs> um so 
that's that's what I love about an event like this. It's not all like, you know, not not the not to give like Monster Mania like a one category situation, but most of what you see in there is the blood and guts, gory stuff, the slasher films, the, sure. the classic 80s stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If that's not what you're into, then the event might not be your cup of tea to some degree. No, I agree. I still recommend you going, but it yeah. may you may just look around and just go, I don't need a single thing that I see here because <laughs> it's all very Friday the 13th and Freddy centric. And and God forbid, if they have one of those actors there, people know and they to bring all that, that stuff yep. heavy um, yeah. because those are the people that are there. But absolutely. But to put it in like a one one plane for me, I'm just like, eh, I like the variety. And that's that's where you get walking around this event. You, you have people that do cozy mysteries. You just want like an Agatha Christie type of deal. Yeah. You want a dial M for murder deal. Just something that's just like fun. A little, Did, like, little I, like tongue in cheek thriller. I have to admit, yeah, the, the cozy subgenre of mystery I, I saw on your website. I was like, huh, I never thought of like dividing mysteries into cozy and, and normative. And I, I like oh, that yeah. little subgenre. And it's cute. And that goes back to that, you know, there's 10 bajillion categories right. for horror. <laughs> Every other category can technically be a horror. There are action horrors. There are romance horrors because warm bodies definitely prove that. Mm -hmm. um, and Twilight. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't consider that a horror, but right. vampires horrific at times. Yeah. yeah. So they have some moments. I'm not going to lie. They have some pretty good effects. I watched a guy pull off another guy's head like it was a Ken doll. That yeah. was cool. Yeah. Um, I agree. You know, that's kind of cool to me. I was like, <laughs> didn't see that coming. I respect it. Um, but at the same time, to me, Twilight isn't a horror. Right. But to somebody else, you know, Edward jumping on somebody and sucking their blood is 100% terrifying. To Absolutely. Them. Yeah. So I that's what I love about this. It's just such a spread. Everything is so approachable, though, that. Like I'm looking at everybody's book covers because again I go through everybody mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I don't veto somebody because they have a really messed up book cover. I mean I have one that has blood on it. So yeah, I, I told somebody that they spilled jelly on my book and they looked at it and they were just like, "Who did that?" And I said, "Some jackass spilled spilled their." They were eating a peanut butter and jelly over my book and then they tried to wipe it and they were like, "That's printed on the book." Mm. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about my book for a minute. <laughs> but but like it's such a like everybody in the event especially last year was so super approachable and like i was saying with the uh the fox guy um this fox person showed up with their book basically imagine the most messed up like horror manga you can think of in written form mm. where they're not limited by what they can doodle right. now it's just whatever i can verbally yeah, whatever describe. I can... wow yeah great idea great concept not for the kids but they're thumbing through words anyway Right. The book covers were pretty tame. This person showed up dressed like a fox, a fox demon, um, which is basically just a fox outfit mm. and like a Kono and all that stuff. So I was like, all right, whatever, dude. <laughs> I yeah. don't care. That's right. You. I had another I mean... person show up. Uh, what did what did Jay show up in? Uh, some like demon made from some kind of anime. Oh, okay. That's where they lose me is when they start talking anime. And I'm just like, look, if it's not Dragon Ball Z or Vampire Hunter D, we're going to get yeah. into this weird category of me not knowing what you're talking about. And I'm just going to smile and nod. Right. But, <laughs> but like, you know, people, 
some of my vendors are showing up in characters and stuff. Cool. And that's, yeah, what, I mean, that's just what they love own, to right? do. Absolutely. So like, it's super tame. It's super approachable. And I love that about the event. There's just like, there's something for everybody there. Um, so I, I'd like to kind of do a little, well, so first of all, for anybody listening, the Fright Reads Festival is October 1st um, and tickets are still available. So definitely come out, uh, support us. I'm going to talk a little bit, if it's okay, about your uh, kind of author journey here. Uh, yeah. Chemical Burns, I, when is, is that out or is that coming out soon? So that's, it's coming. It's um, coming? Okay. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I didn't uh, miss it because I was looking for it. I couldn't find it um, to purchase yet. Uh, worst case worst case you come see me in about three weeks and Perfect. Uh, i'll be there you can pick up a copy Excellent. ideally the worst case scenario is that we have it on october 1st in hand okay me, me and tim baldwin should have copies in sweet. hand. sweet that's what i like uh, to hear if not if you walk around the corner and you see our expression looking a little a little somber a little, a little upset frustrated, we probably yeah. didn't get them in time oh that's okay um, i'll i'll get memoirs instead so what's crazy is it's a book that that one came to fruition because I had an idea that I wanted love writing. I wrote Memoirs of a Crazed Mind, mm-hmm. which we can kind of walk backwards into. But yeah, I wrote that and I was like, I kind of enjoy writing this stuff. It's weird, but I really enjoy it. Um, I like writing the horror stuff and the spooky, scary tales and things like that, and my sci-fi horrors and stuff, but something about just writing a character that's like you know, it's it, it's got to be what the guy that writes Dexter felt like. Just like I'm having fun with this. Yeah. He's such a lovable scamp. What a what a great character Dexter is, and he's murdering somebody. <laughs> um, kind of going along that ride. It's kind of just this bittersweet fun idea. So I said, well, that was fun. What if I? Because that was from the killer's perspective. Was memoirs, uh, memoirs of a crazed mind. So I switched sides and I said, what if I was like the law enforcement looking for a guy like that? Cool. So, okay. So I wanted to do it. Um, my wife's friend is a writer and she does a lot of like mystery things. And she does like tr- like crime and mystery, but they're all paranormal mysteries and stuff. And mm-hmm. I said, you kind of might fit the bill for the other half of my concept. My idea was it's two authors. The chapters are written in tandem, meaning mm. that we're writing separately, not combining an idea into one cohesive right. book. We're writing two separate ideas that are in the same universe, happening at the same time, and then they bought heads and collide. Far as I can tell, nobody else has done this. Interesting. So I write the perspective. Uh, I wanted to write the perspective of it started off. He was an FBI agent, and then he got demoted down to uh, detective. <laughs> <laughs> It got bumped down a little bit. And I said, uh-huh. let's make it a little bit more local. If he's FBI, it's there's a lot of pull and a lot of other mm-hmm. jurisdictions and stuff going on. Let me dumb it down to some like made up fictionalized city, some metropolis somewhere. So I wrote the synopsis, which was just tracking down a, car- a killer that they dubbed the chemical burn killer um, because he not only dice like vivisects his victims and pulls them apart and chops them up into tiny pieces he has created some slurry of chemical that burns down part of the bodies to an irrecognizable you know non-dnaable thing but it's not because he's trying to hide the bodies because he leaves pieces there for the cops to find mm. they it, it's just a, a, a probably a level of disrespect there's a lot of things that you can start to like interpret from why why would you just half destroy a body why leave part of it? Um, 
then you then it makes it hard to determine what he has as a trophy you know because what's what turned into a pile of goo and what what's sitting on his mantle right now you know um so you start to like think about that stuff and i said that's my premise i have a guy that boils people down he chops them up he's kind of crazy and i want to have it from the perspective of a cop and a reporter Mm -hmm. tried i tried to work with this girl interesting and then we had a falling out uh before the pandemic um this was like end of 2019 um i don't know i'm sure we've made the news a million and one times for every other reason but like the baltimore riots were happening for Mm -hmm. the 50th Mm -hmm. time yeah um yeah we we burned down the city at least on a yearly basis it's uh it's it's a cool thing to do yeah whether the ravens win or police are killing i mean we're we're gonna burn it down we're Philly. We're yeah. not judging. Yeah, we're not judging. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, you're, uh, you're out there. I, I've seen some of the same things, but you guys take notes from us and then you do the same. So um, we did it first. We made the news. <laughs> um, so it was around that time. So I decided, I said, you know what? I made a post on my, uh, my Facebook page and I said, I said, okay, so what I want to do, because there's a lot of racial injustice, there's a lot of things going down. I'm going to donate uh, 50% of my profits, whatever I make off my books for the month of whatever it was, March or whatever. I said, I'm going to donate 50% to the ACLU. In case awesome. you're not familiar with which, which one that is, that's the one that uh, Michael B. Jordan uh, no, started yeah. in that one movie. Um, it's those guys. <laughs> yeah, love that. <laughs> Just Mercy. Um, so I was like, I always tell everybody, I'm like, it's the Michael B. Jordan organization. <laughs> it's the one that he played in the movie. Um, but it's the ACLU, and I said I like their mantra, their whole mission statement. Yeah, I'm, I'm I kind a big of fan. Did some research, yeah. and I said, "All right, here we go. I'm going to do that." Made my post. She started off by commenting, and she said, "I can't believe you would support people that don't even want to help themselves." And I just kind of went, "Huh? Hmm. What you, you, no, you were you, you were right. This was a writing partner at the time. Uh, we hadn't written anything yet. This Oof. was just like we had." spitballed the idea we hadn't gone too far into it and yeah. i was like hey yeah. and we had a couple of messages go back and forth which turned into uh kind of kind of shifted into racism as uh, you I, can i bet yeah from where we started ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah. but like the the ultra like i won't put this on the internet but i will whisper it quietly in a room next to you um that kind of thing right if you can't put it if you can't say it out loud you probably it's because you probably shouldn't be saying it (laughs) so it escalated to that and i was so mad about that and i just kind of i wrote back to her something like like wow i can't imagine being so close-minded whatever like why Mm -hmm. is this even bothering you right and somehow i don't even remember how it was i think one of my other friends chimed in who happened to be transgender, gay, somewhere on that spectrum of mm-hmm. all the rainbow colors. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who it was, but said something. She went off again. So I made another post and I said, uh, I said, in light of recent, I deleted the whole, the whole comment thread and yeah. I wrote a brand new one. And I said, in light of recent events, 50% of my proceeds will be going to the ACLU. 50% of the rest of the proceeds will be going to, and I forgot the organization, but it was a very good, like, um lgbtq plus something or another yeah uh organization and i said that's it she just went that's it 
I was unfriended, blocked the whole shebang. Wow. I was like, well, that's easy. That made I, my decision. Yeah, yeah no, that, the, the, the problem you. solved itself. Sounds like you dodged a bullet there. <laughs> so, so what a great story to get a book started. Oh man, um, you're not kidding. <laughs> We hadn't even started it. Thank God, but thank goodness, right? Like, thank goodness you didn't wind up getting in bed with this person in earnest. Like, because I I couldn't Um, imagine. I couldn't imagine having a partner. Like, I mean, uh, my writing partner and I sometimes have differences of opinion, but I couldn't even imagine it being Mm -hmm. that stark that, oh God. But but it's not so much a difference of opinion where it's turning hateful. Right, it's right. Well, that's, I'm like, this isn't a difference of opinion. This is like, you don't support human, basic human rights. Like, there's a line to me. You're wrong. Right, you're like (laughs) racist and prejudiced. Like, right, yeah. You don't don't think people should be people. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) like, and that's my big crux of of, of it all, right? It's not about, hey, listen, we have philosophical differences about taxation. We, this is about literal human rights. Like, you know, like. Like, you can, you can look at, like, I hate to bring up such a sore subject, but you can even dispute abortion to a degree. You cannot dispute whether a person themselves, regardless of skin color, has rights or sexual orientation has rights. That is absolutely 100%. There is no like, well, the Bible says. There's none of that stuff that you can run. You can't find me anything that dictates that that's cool, especially in a progressive forward moving society that we are. Correct. Correct. I agree. But yet they will, they will certainly try. It's, but, a, it's a shame too. So, so I, I, I kind of sat on it for a couple of weeks. It was like three, four weeks or so. And my, my author friend, Tim, who did the first fright reads with me and he's done, he's done a uh, bookstore signings with me. And, you know, we, we got the talking, we do a lot of like festivals and fairs together. If I get a table, he usually gets a table and we request, can I be oh. next to Tim? <laughs> um, <laughs> In case one of us has to pee. Absolutely. Um, we, we've done know. that with our friends at conventions. <laughs> We're like, please make sure you put us next to XYZ. <laughs> yeah. So, so I messaged him and I said, hey, man, I got this idea. And I told him, so he knew the girl because we had done a, uh, we had done something with the bookstore, Capricos Books, who will be at uh, Fright Reads. Um, we were doing a, a online web series called Drinks with Authors. Oh, we cool. would all get hammered and answer questions about publishing our book. That sounds whatever, so whatever. fun. It was. It was fun <laughs> for like six months that we did it. And I got <laughs> to know Tim through that. And this girl was on there for an episode and mm. she was just beyond awkward anyway. But it's like some people just can't can't do the camera, can't do the talking, yeah. not the words, whatever. <laughs> so I told Tim about what happened and he's like, oh man, that sucks. And I said, would you he does um so he does young adult primarily but it's more like a nancy drew hardy boys type of deal um but he also wrote a couple of family dramas he wrote a book called a shot at mercy it gets a little nitty-gritty in there there's there's drug use there's violence there's you know real family problems and struggles so i said i think he could he could be a good pick so i told him the premise and i said well ideally the idea is to have a cop and then somebody i'm 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 thinking somebody non-law enforcement and the best possible option is reporter, mm-hmm. some kind of journalist, somebody that's doing the Geraldo bit. You know, you got to get in there and be on site. You yeah. know, they're, they're digging up the, uh, the tomb and it'll be empty type of guy. So I told him about the premise. He come up with this character named Jasper Marks and 
gave him his backstory and he just came up with a whole backstory for the guy awesome. gave me a three paragraph backstory and i was <laughs> like oh okay i guess you want to do this then <laughs> so we we started writing it back in 2020 we had met up right before the pandemic i think or just right afterwards we were just trying to get together he sat at my bar in the other room and we had a couple of a couple of bourbons just kept going through it we were hammering out the outline well we got about 12 chapters in and we said as eh, we can work on this online whatever it's just on google docs <laughs> it's good to look up and go hey so what do you think about <laughs> it makes it easier but yeah realistically we can do this remotely well that was about the time that the lockdowns hit everything hit for whatever reason it took us an eternity to finish the outline and write the book it took us almost two years to to get where it is now wow. and part of that was just it wasn't even so much that it was hard to write it was just i i think part of his hang-up was he had to go to a dark place and tim's not a go to a dark place kind of guy i'm i'm in there going how bloody can i make this? <laughs> how bad can this look right yeah all right <laughs> and he's just in there like what should i do so then we had to kind of pause writing for a bit because he had to do some homework. This guy had to kind of like watch American Psycho and Seven and Aww. stuff like that. Natural Born Killers, uh, anything by Al you know the Alex Cross series, the Morgan yeah. Freeman chasing around bad guys and stuff. <laughs> that stuff, so he can get into the vibe of it. So then he kind of came back at it with a different, a little bit of a different view. But he still wrote a very like innocent character. So I had to go in there and like anytime there was dialogue between our characters that he wrote, I'd go, I like what you did, but <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and replace it with something that sounds more like mine. Yeah. So we did a lot of that back and forth. Um, and it just went from this story. The, the story itself conceptually was his character, Jasper gets word that there's this killer in the, on the loose in this place in Michigan, the fictional town called Parkside. And there's a serial killer up there or a supposed, you know, potential makings of a serial killer. You have to get so many kills the same exact way for them to label it as one, I guess. But uh, that's kind of what we were getting at. So Jasper's news agency or his newspaper sends him up after he writes basic based on what he found online you know google and some information he goes up so now he's on site meanwhile my guy's a cop keeps seeing this unfamiliar face showing up at the crime scenes is jasper the killer that's one mm -hmm. of the great questions that we have in the in the story um is he doing this how did he know so much about the crimes um, he seemed to be writing these articles with very vivid detail, stuff mm. that the cops didn't even let, let get out. Interesting. So the whole story is like, you'll get Morgan. Uh, it's it's Detective, uh, Detective Morgan. He goes through his bit where he's dealing with the crime scenes cop side. And then the next chapter, you'll pick up wherever Jasper is. And then at some point in time in the middle, they start to converge and they're all in the same places. Oh, so cool. my chapter okay. will end, you know, I slammed the car door and started the engine. And then his chapter will start up. Morgan started to drive the car. You know, it's literally the next thing. Like, it's just, it just switches perspective. Neat. That's interesting. So, yeah. So it's something that I don't think has been done where it's two different authors and it's two different writing styles. Mm. Um, 
which is tricky, right? I mean, undeniably hard to do. So, So the difference is I'm more descriptive and I hate writing dialogue. And Tim writes a lot of dialogue. That's funny, yeah. But so, I'm not opposite so it's funny because I like to write more descriptive stuff and get build that world, and he likes to talk about it. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so you get this kind of like very clear two different styles <laughs> of writing, almost like you're reading two different books about the exact same thing. That's awesome. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see how it does. It's hard to say like how it's going <laughs> to go because it's so weird and so unique. And yeah. Different that you don't know it could it could tank because it's so weird and out there <laughs> on the same or it could be like the biggest hit and i'm a new york times bestseller and you know they make a tv that's, movie of me that's and, the hope <laughs> yeah and we'll and we'll get to be like we knew him when um <laughs> yeah, we talked to him about that yeah, we got the first interview um no and, and i'm hope fingers crossed that we can get our hands on it for uh for fright reads that's awesome so okay so we do yeah. have a a couple of goofy questions that we like to ask yeah. all of our guests. I guess, well, this one's one of the more casual ones, but what would you say was like the horror film that made you the horror fan you are today? If you had to pick one. If I had to pick one that I have to like keep falling back to, I liked Halloween. Now mm-hmm. I'm a, as an adult, I'm a bigger Freddy fan. Okay. Because, and the reason being is, so you have Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees and these guys, they mindlessly stalk through while their theme song or heavy breathing plays right. and they just off people. And then that's it. They're just kind of going through it like mechanically. It's very, it's very systematic. There's no rhyme or reason. It's just, it plays their theme song and they just beep, beep, beep. And they die. <laughs> Freddie giggles and laughs and enjoys himself. Oh, He's shit. cracking jokes. <laughs> he is messing with you yep. the whole time. He enjoys it. As an adult and looking at it that way, Freddy is, other than the fact that he can get you in your dreams, so there's you can't just move, he'll still find you. Aside <laughs> from that fact, his persona itself is more terrifying because he's laughing, he's having fun, he's cracking bad dad jokes the whole time. <laughs> TV will rot your brain. Yeah, welcome and to primetime, like bitch. Like it's just, yeah, you know, like it's just stupid stupid stuff like that but he's having fun while he does it he's more terrifying but if i had to say like the first one for me would be halloween just because i kind of liked the before we got into halloween 2 through 47 where we made him kind of like a jason Voorhees ass character Mm -hmm. he was just a psychopath dude yeah he wasn't there was nothing supernatural about michael myers Mm-hmm. There was nothing otherworldly about him. Not until he got set on fire, shot, stabbed, exploded, and God knows what. Yeah. Um, all of that stuff started to kind of water it down for me. But that first one. That like just he's human. Just a, he's just a human. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, looking at it now back in the past, like that budget that they had, they had so little to work with and turned so out a fantastic movie that's just psychological on so many levels it played into that like the call is coming from inside the house vibe like that kind of stuff that just like there's somebody in the house you know am i alone it played with those kind of things and that for me was kind of like the peak but as i evolved that's obviously the ghostbusters came into the fold um ghostbusters to me isn't a good horror for me because I don't, I don't think any of that's scary. But for whatever reason, as a kid, my dad let me watch Ghostbusters. And I don't fault him for this. 
but I had nightmares of the dogs. The the terror <laughs> dogs from the movie. Oh, I get that. Haunted me <laughs> to the point where I would just have perpetual nightmares. I had nightmares until I was like 22 years old. And I woke up and I was like, I am an adult. <laughs> uh, you know what? I had nightmares as a child through teenage years. Um, not anything from the movie, but Boogeyman from the cartoon was convinced he was terrifying. in my closet and he scared the shit out of me. Because he was in your closet. That we don't <laughs> that we don't touch on because we actually have uh so as the Charm City Ghostbusters, we were playing uh, the DVDs of the real Ghostbusters. The Boogeyman episode came on. Three of our guys walked away. They were like, nah, nah, I'm not. I can't do this. Wow. this I never um, knew this was this universal. I just thought it was a weird Jackie thing. Well, the, the thing is, it's such a, like, so the writing for the beginning of the, of the cartoon, they wrote it as if they were writing actual horror. It wasn't something for kids. It wasn't trying to SpongeBob it up. It was like, how can we write the most up thing we can come up with? And that's why the first like two and a half, three seasons are yeah. absolutely knocked out of the park. Fantastic. The stories are just, they're so full of lore. They're so just clever um, and just terrifying. That's why the Boogeyman, the first one, not the return of the Boogeyman. Right. But the, the Boogeyman first... Cometh episode, when he's going after, he's like, Egon, and you're like, oh, man, Egon's sitting here, what, probably pushing 40, like, no, I got a gun that can shoot a hole in this guy. No, <laughs> I'm out. Drops yeah. his pack and leaves. But I was going to bring up, I had uh, spooky tales and scary things. That's my, uh, you mentioned that you like demons and supernaturally mm -hmm. type of stuff. I My second story in there is called Demon Dog. And it's 100% because I vividly remember the dreams. No. It's been probably 15, 20 years since I've had the dreams. And I vividly remember them. That's how bad they were. Wow. And, and I, wrote, I wrote this whole story of this character named Robin. She's like a five-year-old girl. And she's being tormented by this dog thing in her closet. And she tells her dad. And dad's like, whatever monsters aren't real whatever you know the usual cliche but this thing starts to leave like real physical damage and real physical marks where she's like i'm not dreaming and she's trying to explain like why the drywall is clawed up she didn't do it it was this it was this thing and dad's just like oh, you know what i'm not going to be mad at you i'll fix it so it just it, it kind of goes into that and then every single encounter was one of my dreams. I had like three big ones that I recall. And each time what I would do, I lived in a row home uh, just outside of the city limits. And I would always run out of my bedroom, turn left and jump down the flight of stairs. And I would wake up before I landed. And that was my dream. And wow. I would do that every single time. <laughs> and I had one where, and it was always chasing me and I would just jump and get away from it, I guess. I guess that would be the way to get away from it. Um, <laughs> I had one where I literally hit the wall at the landing and I was still there. And I was like, and I was probably a teenager for this one, like probably 12, 13, something like that. And I was like, this is new. And I went out the front door and everything was fine outside. There was like this purple hazy smoke all in the house and everything was just like weird and abstract. And I went outside and everything was fine. And I was like, I have to include this. This has to be like, 
the climax of the story or something like you get yeah, out yeah. but are you really out um type of thing so i i wrote that based on my fear of the stupid dogs from ghostbusters mm. and it's not like i'm scared of that movie or i consider it like the pinnacle horror yeah but it is like behind me there's like ten thousand ghostbusters things obviously i'm not phased by ghostbusters in the slot for whatever reason it affected me and i'd watch ghostbusters on repeat and the terror dog scared the bejesus out of me. That's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, that you still loved it so much, even though that one thing scared you. Um, Harry, first of all, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about all yeah. this cool stuff. This was so, so fun. Um, hopefully we can have you on again soon and maybe pick some movies and dive in and also tie them to your books and stuff. Um, oh, sure. <laughs> so again, um, where can we find Fright Reads Festival? And also, where do we get to learn everything about you and all your amazing books? So Fright Reads... Uh, I try to keep it as simple as possible. So on Facebook, it's Fright Reads Book Festival. That's the hard, long name. That's it. <laughs> um, Twitter, same thing. Instagram, same thing. Uh, shorthand when is the website. It's frightreadsbookfest.com. Um, I don't know why I didn't want to put festival, <laughs> but it's frightreadsbookfest.com. So whatever form of media that you jump into to get your, your internetting uh, at least the website's there if you don't social media whatsoever. Um, the web does have to route through Facebook news for the past mm -hmm. Lord knows how many months. You can go on there and you can buy tickets through the website. You can see every single guest that we're going to have there. Um, it kind of goes in a hierarchy. We have our VIPs, which includes uh, Justina Ireland, uh, Kira Nakiba. You guys will probably have a blast with her because she podcast called Noir Narration. Ooh. Ooh. and she awesome. finds those deep cut uh like lore uh like stories about the boo hag stuff yeah. like that things Ooh. that don't get movies and tv shows yeah you know it's those oh my really god deep i can't cuts. wait so you guys you guys might want to just sit down with her for a minute while you're while you're at fright reads um got her um i have ian mcginty who uh worked on uh invader zim and adventure time i start naming names off cool. people like go on yeah, and, and, <laughs> um so he's going to be there he's going to be hosting a panel um but you can keep going down the list and you'll see every single author and their little bio that they give me and a brief like what they do like you you were mentioning cozy mystery and you're like what is a cozy mystery <laughs> uh what's cozy about it should i have a fireplace is that a requirement <laughs> should there be cocoa um you know and it kind of uh kind of breaks down everybody and then the last half like you said you guys appreciate it every single vendor yeah. and if i miss somebody i wholeheartedly apologize but there's like 10 bajillion of you guys <laughs> and i'm trying to get all the graphics and the artwork i try to put their logo up if they have one a brief description of what they sell and a link to their website whether it be a facebook page an etsy page what have you everybody has a link so if the idea is if you haven't explored the website there's a previous events in the uh information or something a drop down and you can see everybody that was there last year. Cool. The idea is for 2022, if you go to previous events, all of those people will be listed. For 2023 and it's 2028, you can go back and see historically and find that guy that you saw that had that, that cool you book <laughs> or that lady that did the painting. Like, I don't remember it, but there was like a turtle or something. And, you know, like their logo was a turtle. I, that's all I remember. Well, you go on there, you might be able to jog your memory by seeing their icon. Um, so that's the idea. Um, so you can go, I think the, the website is probably the pinnacle of where the latest and greatest and most stable information is at. 
but I'll be putting on Facebook primarily. It's Facebook, Instagram, then Twitter are the mm-hmm. hierarchy of what I what I update. I'm terrible with Twitter. <laughs> really yeah. need to get better with Twitter. But Facebook is my bad food. one. <laughs> and in, Instagram, I wouldn't update it so much if Facebook didn't buy them out and have it integrated in with my publishing capability. Fair. Yeah. So I honestly wouldn't have upgrade, updated that either. Um, if it's not part of my post that I put on Facebook, it probably doesn't get shared on Instagram. <laughs> so you can see a list of everybody there. Um, probably the cleanest list of all guests is on Instagram because I don't post all that other garbage that I do on Facebook. Um, Perfect. But yeah, you can find it all throughout there. So frightreadsbookfest.com and Fright Reads Book Festival on just about every social media. Awesome. And don't forget, everybody, too, if you want to check out Harry's books, Memoirs of a Crazed Mind, Spooky Tales and Scary Things, too, Once Upon a Dystopia, Up and Coming Chemical Burns, all kinds of good stuff. Make sure you check out his website, too, because I, for one, cannot wait to get my little claws on all of these books when we head over to Fright Reads. Um, I was a little sad to notice that some of them are sold out on your website, so we're going to have to get them in person from you. Um, so they are. Yeah, I had to actually put a new order in because I did a, I did Pop and HorrorCon a few weeks nice. ago, and I sold clean out of Crazed Mind. That's uh, awesome. I literally have like you better hook me up oh no this is the only one that i have in (laughs) all right i'm gonna have to (laughs) i'm gonna have to insist on one for fright reads you got to put it aside for me okay (laughs) oh i i just put a big order in from the from from the distributor so i should have them by the middle to the end of this month just in time awesome and be able to sell all of them again all right. And thank we'll get you. you guys set up when you get there. Yes, yeah. I cannot wait. <laughs> and again, everybody, don't forget Fright Reads Book Festival on October 1st. Uh, Jackie, do you want to do your thing? I will do my thing. Um, we are going to have everything linked in the yes. description. So all the information, whatever social media that you use, will uh, have everything linked for Fright Reads. We'll have everything linked to Harry's website. So all the information will be there again. You've seen us post about it on our Facebook. Um, We're super excited. Uh, Again, October 1st, it's only for us about a two hour drive down to to Millersville. Uh, So it is fairly close for anybody that is in our area. Um, It's it's, it's it's 12 to six. So it's not like you're gonna be traveling all this way. You've got a nice chunk of time to explore. Again, I highly recommend, like Harriet said, go to the website, look at the vendors. I was scrolling through and I'm not going to lie. You've got somebody that sells cookies. I am so excited. Oh yeah. For the yeah. That's, that's new this year. <laughs> he, uh, so I talked to the cookie person last year and I think it was, a, uh, I, I don't know what happened, miscommunication, but we circled back for this year and it was like, Hey, cookie lady, yeah. <laughs> uh, remember how last year we kind of screwed things up and uh, I'll I'll take the blame because it just didn't I think I ran out of tables but then I actually had tables because I had two cancellations but by the time that happened she had already moved on to bigger and better things yeah. so I was like hey cookie person yeah um I'm gonna have cookie person and I have a whole bunch of other surprises in store yes. that are still being so on the website it's going to show you people faster than the Facebook because I schedule my posts mm-hmm. all the way through Friday. So you'll get your little like update of, hey, welcome this person, welcome that person. But if you go on the website, secrets out, you know, spoiler alert, everybody's <laughs> on the website because um, I'm lazy and I don't want to have to log in and manipulate code no, every that single time. That I want to do it sense. in one sitting. <laughs> so yeah, so the best source of all the information, uh, and again, everything will be linked, head to the website, Tickets are $5. Mm-hmm. 
If you want the VIP ticket, it, it comes with the canvas bag. It's going to have really goodies cool. in it. Yep. $25 for the VIP. Like, I it's have like four left. Fantastic. There's four left. Four awesome. left? I have now so my order get in on that. <laughs> Old Eastern hates me because I had to update the order twice already. We started with 20. The 20 sold out almost immediately. And I said, hey, we should do 30 then. And they were like, okay, we'll do 30. And then it just became, hey, can we do another 10? Hey, can we do another 10? Nice. How about if we did more? And they were just awesome. like, listen, we haven't printed them yet. Um, and then they did print them. And then I said, hey, fun story. What if I told you I needed more bags? Because people like these things. And I yeah. think we can move these. Nice. So then they had to reset the, the printing and all that. Especially in New Jersey, where they pass the law that they don't do the disposable bags right. anymore. So oh, any store that we go into. Is that Jersey as a whole? Yeah, mm -hmm. we have two That's, counties that do that. That only. is all and, of Jersey. And I can't tell you how many times I run into CVS and like sh with our grocery store, I'm great with it. And I have my bags in the car and I yeah. always know, but it's when I run into CVS and I end up unexpectedly buying seven things that I'm like juggling, like damn it, the bags. <laughs> yeah, every time. I, uh, so it's, it's, it's probably easier when you're doing it as a entire state. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you have your little mishaps, but when you're in a different county and you drive 15 minutes over to the next county yeah, and you go crazy. to like Target and you're like, boop, 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 how many bags did you use? Oh, no. You know, and you have to pay <laughs> for the bags and you're just like, dude, oh, Target, Target gets um, me every time. <laughs> whoops. Um, you know, and that's what happens. You're like, oh, man, I totally have like the reusable bags in the car, but I'm already here. Yep. Yeah. So, that's what me I guess too I'm pay for plastic bags <laughs> i am the um, proud but, owner of five thousand of the 10 set target bags now so that's exciting <laughs> oh man yeah. yeah they're only uh i think they're only are they 10 cents at ours i think they're five or ten i don't know but i i just agree to it and i go yeah there's like four bags i'm sorry yeah. um but for for reference you said uh we're in millersville most people that are even from here have no idea where millersville is <laughs> um it is actually about 15 to 20 minutes south of baltimore city there so we go if so you can you give yourself your that central location perfect keep going that south works. and you'll find it your your google or Waze or whomever knows the way um but it is is south of the city about 15 20 minutes depending on if you hit traffic or some red lights sounds good and we'll perfect. have everything linked and obviously the closer that we get to october 1st we will continue to post about it on our socials which if you are not familiar with our socials, don't forget to check us out on social media. Just search Jersey Ghouls and you will find us and you can find us on your favorite podcasting app. And if you want to go to our website, you will find our contact info, our blog, our podcast, and a whole bunch more at jerseyghouls.com. Bye-bye. Okay, any questions? Flow like Poe. I'm going hard on that tetrameter. Flow like Poe. I'm going hard on that tetrameter. Flow like Poe. I'm going hard on that tetrameter. This is Lit Hop 101 with MC Edgar Allan Poe. Flow like Poe. I'm going hard on that tetrameter. Flow like Poe. I'm going hard on that tetrameter. Flow like Poe. I'm going hard on that tetrameter. If you don't know, now you know. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.